Hello and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters, a podcast discussing everything Star Wars 5e. My name is Todd, I've got Tegan here, and we're looking forward to jumping into hyperspace with you. Let's go! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters Podcast Season 2, Episode 21. Tegan, how are you doing today? Doing pretty well. Um, actually, I uh, started prepping for a, a new system I'm starting to run, Mutants and Masterminds. And one of the cool things I found is you could actually make a pretty cool Jedi or Star Wars campaign using it. So if you guys ever want to do Star Wars in a really different way, check that out. You'd have to play with the power level caps, but I'm pretty sure you could make it pretty fun with it. Very nice. It's always fun to explore, you know, different systems. And and uh, I've had a few other ones out there that I've played that I think uh, you could bring Star Wars over into as well. And as we've talked about many times in the past, even at the minimum, just using those systems for inspiration back into Star Wars 5e. So that sounds fun. It's been a cool system so far. Uh, I haven't I've, I've, uh, mostly read. I'm running it next Tuesday or when this episode launches. Uh, so I have more to say in the future. <laughs> awesome. So everyone, welcome to today's episode. We are going to be talking about companions in the Star Wars 5e system. Uh, Before we get into that, a few announcements on our end. Uh, First, make sure to check us out, DungeonJediMasters.com, for access to all of our content, this podcast, our YouTube channel, uh, Twitch channel for live plays, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, We have a web store if you want to get some DJM merch. And of course, our Patreon. Our Patreon helps us support hosting of this content, creating this content. And along with that, there are some benefits that you can get uh, for being a supporter there. We do have a new tier two Patreon member to give a shout out to. So Nikki, thank you very much for your support. And uh, Nikki and all the other tier two members will be getting access to the latest encounter, uh, which is a couple uh, diplomacy style encounters that we put together for throwing into a campaign. Uh, One of them is a situation where you're trying to gain favor uh, with a new employer and uh, a table to kind of show how that plays out as your players as you as players go and and you know make your argument towards that and then another situation where you're mediating between two systems or, or whatever two groups in a conflict and how that plays out as well so uh tier three got access to that early last week and as of this podcast today it opens up to tier two so check that out along with all of our other exclusive patreon content uh, for those supporters appreciate it Uh, One other piece on our end, new Dungeon Jedi Masters theater series will be premiering this week, November 4th, that's Thursday, Scattered Choices. Uh, You may have seen the announcement uh, the other week uh, with a little teaser trailer out there on the interwebs. Uh, This has been such a fun, we're, I think we'll be four episodes uh, in as far as recording by the time this airs, and uh, Candice and Ray have been amazing cast members for that. I really think you guys are going to enjoy this one as well. So uh, check that out. And if you haven't, make sure to go uh, listen to Vagrant Freighters, the first DJM theater series as well, to just kind of be up to speed on everything there. All right. uh, Switching over to the Star Wars 5e new releases, we have a couple things here. Uh, Tegan, I'm going to throw it over to you first with uh, the latest one, which is some new powers. 
Yeah, so they uh, came through with some new powers for both Force and Tech. Uh, these are definitely some fun ones you can kind of throw in there. Big ones on the Force side, uh, they gave a progression wheel or a progression line for Pyrokinesis, uh, starting off with an at-will power, uh, and then building their way up to a level 4 greater Pyrokinesis power. Uh, so definitely cool ones there, especially if you wanted to have your uh, PC uh, be able to kind of manipulate, use the Force to manipulate some flames. Uh, so definitely wanted to check out on that side. Um, outside of that, for the Force side, the, the big ones, they give you some things to and heighten your Force intuition as well as your senses. Uh, so if you really wanted to have a super observant Force, uh, Jedi, Sith, whatever, uh, you could really build that in pretty easily. Uh, and my last favorite one, too, was the Land Stride one for the Force side. If you're ever uh, worried your uh, DM's going to put you someplace where you and uh, the rest of your party may be having to deal with some difficult terrain, this is uh, Land Stride's a good way just to say, nope, that's not happening uh, for both yourself and anybody within 40 feet. So definitely a good utility power to have. Uh, but on the flip side, um, there's definitely some cool tech powers that have come out. Uh, and these ones are a little more... Um, kind of around, uh, just kind of more random ones. Uh, there was like kind of a progression wheel for these ones, but there's definitely some cool ones. Uh, love the new detonator at willpower. That's kind of a cool one if you wanted to have a little bit of uh, AOE with your uh, kind of at willpower attacks. But they also have some cool ones with wire toe, uh, skill protocol, just some nice things to be able to round out any tech using PC if you want to kind of dive into these new powers. Very cool. Always good to have new additions in that area. So be sure to check those out and uh, see what is available. The other release, uh, the release before that was the uh, Hauk or Hook species. Uh, so these are uh, written by Heresy, uh, our species master, of course. Uh, Hauk are a hulking biped, uh, thick skin, a hairless head with bony ridges, pronounced brow. Uh, they are you know, have a have a reputation as bullies, cheaters, backstabbers, uh, compared to Wookies with their strength and somewhat violent disposition. Uh, looks like Hook originally the very first mention of them in the legends was an old old book called Han Solo and the Lost Legacy. Uh, on that side of things, over on the uh, canon side of things, they were in a Ezra uh, Rebels uh, book I saw, and it looks like they were also in uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic video game. Um, as well. So there's a few places where they've come from. As far as the species for the Star Wars 5e system, the ability scores you get with this is uh, strength plus two and constitution plus one. So uh, right away, this is going to be a great fit for something such as a berserker. They're medium size, standard in that regard, standard uh, speed, 30 feet. Uh, ambusher feature, they have proficiency in the stealth skill. So they are big and hulking, but apparently they're light on their toes. Uh, powerful build, carrying capacity and weight. You can push, drag, or lift doubles. Uh, so that could come in uh, handy there. They also have the surprise attack feature, which if you surprise a creature and hit with an attack on your first turn, the attack deals an extra 2d6 damage. You can use this only once per combat. That's pretty solid, though. That's some significant extra damage there. Uh, toughness, your hit point maximum increases by one and by one every time you gain a level. So uh, always good there. In addition with the constitution score increase they have, you could definitely rack up that, uh, build a tanky uh, tanky build if you want. Uh, so check out the Hulk, the Hook, uh, another good addition to the species list for Star Wars 5e. 
And with that, I think that covers everything on the front end. We can jump into uh, our episode proper here. As we said before, we're going to be talking about companions. Companions are a great feature for the game, uh, whether you're a party of just a couple or a few or a big one. It doesn't matter. You can throw a companion in there to help out. Uh, there are you know, many ways to, to utilize them, many ways you can um, gain a companion as well. And they are essentially almost a a character in their own. I mean, the, the customization of these is, is pretty expansive. So we're going to hopefully break that down uh, just to show you how to utilize them. Uh, Tegan, let's start with how do you gain a companion? There's a couple different ways to get one. Um, so tell us tell us what how you do that. Definitely. So there's two primary paths to pick one up for Star Wars 5e. Um, the one that's open to everybody uh, is you can take the feet. Uh, so the companion keeper feet, uh, which you can pick up uh, uh, at level four uh, to gain access to a companion. Uh, then you're able to kind of go through the companion build process. Uh, the feet kind of gives you some good options or kind of gives you a wide open array to build a companion of your choice using some of the different natures, uh, which we'll touch on before or touch on a little bit later. Uh, so that's kind of the, the main way that's open to everyone. Uh, the other way is you can go to one of the class specific archetypes uh, that will allow you to build a certain type uh, of companion. Uh, and there's five classes so far that are published uh, that are companion classes. You've got the artillerist technique, which will allow you to build a turret companion. Uh, you've got the astrotech uh, engineering uh, style, which will allow you to build a, a droid companion. Uh, you've got the mechanist technique, uh, which will build a, a droid companion for a scout. Oh, and for the, so the techniques are the, for the scouts. The artillerist was for a scout. The astrotech engineering is for an engineer. Uh, the mechanist technique is for a scout again. And then you've got the path of witchcraft, uh, which will be a sentinel class, uh, and that'll allow you to build a beast uh, companion. Uh, and then you have uh, the Vonal Issue Forms, uh, which is a Guardian subclass uh, that'll allow you to build a humanoid companion. Yeah, the definitely great ways to pick these up. And um, as you mentioned here, and we'll get into this a little bit later uh, is in regards to the types of companions. If you're going with those companions from the archetype, uh, you're limited to that, that one, as you mentioned. For example, the artillerist is only a turret, uh, path of witchcraft, a beast only. So keep that in mind if you wanted to you know, choose, have an option in what you pick. Uh, there's a different way you need to do that. So we'll get into that later. Uh, so one uh, piece of this is uh, where does this information live? Uh, it's currently, I believe, uh, expanded uh, content, uh, right, Tegan? Yep. So uh, it is under the, uh, so if you go uh, onto the website and go to the rules tab uh, and then click on the uh, expanded content uh, and then uh, click on the customization options, uh, it'll take you uh, right in there. Or sorry, click on the, uh, yeah, the customization options and it will take you right in there uh, and give you a run through on how to create your companion, the different natures, uh, classes, everything that kind of goes in with building your companion for your PC. Definitely. And I do believe that down the road, uh, as as the game gets there, the system gets there, uh, this should be wrapped into the Galactic Strongholds expansion uh, that is on the horizon. But for now, that is where those live. So when you want to look for those, of course, the archetype ones will be contained uh, within that area uh, separately. So if you're looking for the specific archetype ones, uh, check that out. And then the feet. Uh, of course, is going to be listed in the feats uh, section for that. So a few different uh, pieces to bring this all together. So we 
we know we want to utilize a companion. We've we've got our information pulled up and whatnot, and we're ready to dive in here. So how do we build a companion? What, uh, what does that process look like? What are some things that we need to consider? Uh, Tegan, as I mentioned before, uh, the types of companion types of companions. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and, and how that choice works. Definitely. So there's a number of different types of companions. Uh, as we mentioned with the archetypes, you're going to be locked into a certain companion type. Uh, but if you pick the feet, uh, you're able to go through and select kind of what you envision uh, works best for your PC. Uh, so the different types are you have uh, humanoids, droids, turrets, uh, spirits, um, aberrants, beasts, tracker droids and thralls uh, so so far for the classes they have or the archetypes so far they just have ones for humanoids beast droids and turrets but i know there's more to come sure for the uh, the other styles as well uh, but for the other types they're already kind of fleshed out within that customization section uh, on the website and you're able to go through with the feed and kind of choose what you think envisions best and each of those are going to have different features that come towards being uh, kind of aligned with that certain type of creature uh, for instance if you wanted a beast uh, you can go through and uh, pick a certain number of features and those features are going to change depending on on. If you chose the feet, you'll get a little bit less options to choose for those features or less, uh, you will have a less features you can pick. Uh, but if you chose the archetype, you have more options you can pick to select on for your creature. Uh, one of the things that most people use with Beast uh, is the option to increase its size. Uh, so for each of those times you gain a feature, you can go through and kind of move it up from a small to a medium to a large, even to a huge if you wanted to. Uh, the nice thing is once you get large or huge or actually even medium if you have a small PC, uh, you can use them as a mount if you want to. Uh, and each of those uh, different nature types have a kind of something unique with them that you could pick. Like with humanoid, you can make them a force caster or a tech caster. It's just different things like that that you can throw on there just to really flesh out your uh, your companion and make sure they're fitting along with your PC. Very cool. Yeah, it's so much customization here, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, Tegan, can you expand on for you know those of us that aren't too familiar with an example? Uh, Give us an example of, of maybe spirit, aberrant, and thrall companions. Definitely. So for spirit, uh, that was if you wanted to have your own Obi-Wan Kenobi, but then actually wanted to make them do stuff in the fight, uh, that's how you could do that. So, so like force uh, ghosts. For, yeah, force ghosts. Yeah. That, uh, um, force ghosts for Star Wars is probably going to be the most likely one they use for that. There's really not many spirits that aren't force There aren't any spirits that aren't force ghosts. So uh, if you go the spirit route, I would definitely make sure whoever it was was a force user before. Uh, for Thrall, though, uh, that could be if you wanted to, especially if you're building a Sith alchemist and uh, they built their kind of use some alchemy to make their own Sith zombie. Uh, that's kind of a good way to flavor that. Uh, not be really hard to find a good reason for a lightsaber or light cider to have a thrall, but uh, that could be a good creative writing exercise to come up with that situation there. Uh, and then aberrants, uh, those ones are a little bit easier. Usually those are just a creature that's been, uh, so you can even say this is a creature that's been touched either by the dark or the light side and has been mutated a bit. Uh, so um, well, it's a good example for that. Like the star weirds are, uh, are aberrants. Uh, what else would be? A, oh, even the voxen, if you want to use in Vong, those would be considered aberrants as well. Uh, so just kind of different creatures uh, that have been kind of twisted a little bit by the force or even or however uh, they kind of came to be. Awesome. Excellent. Yeah. Good, good to keep that in mind uh, just in case uh, the other ones are pretty self-explanatory, I think. And, and uh, for those that might be still familiar, uh, not 
as familiar with the expansive Star Wars lore out there, good to know what those are. So, all right, we, we've decided on the type of companion we want to go after. Uh, what else do we do in this process to build that companion to, to be able to bring them into our party? Perfect. So the other thing, if you pick their features, uh, you're going to go through and determine their ABI scores. So uh, they're similar to a PC. They'll have uh, kind of points put to their strength, dexterity, wisdom, and so on. Uh, you're able to go through and select that based on kind of what you want your companion to be able to do. Uh, so definitely check those out as you're going through there. Uh, the other big piece after you determine the ABI is the nice thing with this system is your companion will actually have a, a class as well. So every companion, whether they be a humanoid or a spirit or even a beast will have a style of class. Uh, so you're able to go through there and pick what class will fit your uh, your PC or pick your companion. Uh, the nice thing with this is you're going to pick up features at third level, again at seventh level, 11th and 15th, and as well as 18th for that companion class. Uh, so a nice thing with this too is it's going to be, a, so the feat you can select it to level four, and then if you have an archetype, you can get that to level three. Uh, so you really don't have to worry about your companion not having that class to start with. And so always be able to pick that up from the go. Uh, but you can go through and build a Rancor Berserker, or you could build a, your own little uh, human Padawan if you wanted to uh, with a counselor class. Uh, it just kind of depends on what you're going for with the flavor. Uh, but they'll get a lot of the class features. It's pared down. It's not going to be quite as extensive as a full class. Uh, but some of those core features, you can kind of work them in and make sure they can kind of actually show that mechanically for the it kind of fit the RP. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll, we'll probably touch on this later uh, as an example here, but in the Hunted campaign, of course, we have uh, Elias, which was our young uh, Padawan companion there, and and uh, she fit in well to just kind of tag along, and, and there was definitely a story purpose, of course, and um, but some utility as well, so definitely. All right, so we have our companion. Uh, they're built up, ready to go, uh, ready to throw them in alongside of us. But how does that work? How does that fit into the party? Uh, they're not just another you know, player in turn and whatnot. So Tegan, break down using the companion. We have them built. Uh, how do we utilize them as well? Definitely. So one of the largest pieces with using a companion, and this is one of the core kind of balance pieces and our balance changes, uh, especially if you started playing Star Wars 5e earlier, but I think they made this probably about four or five months ago, but just something to keep in mind is that using your companion now takes a bonus action to be able to command them to do anything other than uh, dodge, dash, or uh, there's a couple of other things they can do for free. Uh, but if you want them to be able to attack or take some major action or cast a power, uh, you need to use that bonus action to tell them what to do. Uh, so uh, definitely makes sense if you're uh, like uh, from uh, the campaign Islet and you've got a big rancor, they've got to tell what to do. But even if you're working with uh, kind of the vulnerable issue form and you've got a Padawan running with you, uh, this could just be you providing kind of guidance and clarification to them as they're going about their task. Uh, so you can kind of flavor that in however you like for it uh, but the big piece is to get them to do something that's really going to affect the battle uh, you've got to make them use that bonus action outside of that the other big pieces that come with uh, using companion this is another one that was part of that major change uh, when it went through uh, is the piece or the, the companion will be the same level of the, as the pc regardless of the levels in the archetype class uh, so if you went uh, like a like a Islitha, again, if you went like a three sentinel, five monk, uh, your 
your rancor would be a level eight rancor. Uh, so uh, your companion is always going to level along with your overall level. Uh, so it's definitely one of the new features uh, with uh, those updates to companions. Uh, the nice thing this plays for the feet too. So if you take that feat, that's they're always going to just level straight along with you. Another thing too, and this is something I didn't know. I actually had Islith doing this wrong. Uh, so companions are a little bit different than uh, summons and familiars for this system. Uh, so with this, you're, if you're for rolling for initiative, you will actually have to have both the PC and the companion uh, roll for initiative. But you'll only they'll still go on the same turn. You'll just use the lowest of the two's initiative. Uh, so if uh, you uh, you if Islith rolled a ten and the Rancor rolled a five, uh, they would both go on initiative five. Uh, so I didn't know about that piece too. So that's a guy something I I kind of missed as going through those rules as well. Uh, the, the last big piece too is you can only have one companion, uh, so you can kind of multi-class into a, a ton of different classes and just have a whole squad show up with you. Unfortunately, yes, as as we were talking <laughs> about our our level twenty advancements for hunted, uh, Ul was gonna go crazy with that, but couldn't get it done. So excellent, uh, all good things, all good points. The the initiative things uh, definitely good to point out and keep in mind. Um, you know, having the same level as, as your PC is nice. It just makes that easier than you're not, you know, dealing with that if you multi-class, for example. Um, so yeah, that, you know, those are some of the key points there in using the companion, uh, the, the mechanics, I guess, the rules, if you will. You know, I think at this point now it's switching into how does that flush out on the game board, you know, in session and whatnot, talking more about, how does this affect uh, affect encounter building and, and things like that? Uh, Tegan, start us off with that conversation. Yeah, so this is a big one. Uh, and this is definitely for new DMs. Don't feel bad saying no companions. Uh, companion classes are fun. And, and actually, let me put two different pieces out there. Because for my games, I don't mind companion classes. I don't like the companion feet, in my opinion. Or I, it's not that I don't like the companion feet. The companion feet's hard to bounce around because you get a whole nother PC for the cost of one feet. So you get a whole nother attack action and all these different things you can do uh, for just the cost of a feat, which it can sometimes just really skew that balance. Uh, so if you're a newer DM and you don't want to deal with either the feet or even just don't want to deal with companion classes to start, or even if you're more experienced and just don't like having that at your table, I think that's definitely a fair piece to say uh, because balancing around them, it's basically a whole nother creature that you have to include in there. Uh, I think the, the usual rule of thumb, if you're kind of looking for CR with the companion classes, is to use them as half CR. I found, or not half CR, kind of count them as a half PC for it. I found that it's usually better just to round up and count them as that full PC because they usually have a decent health pool. If not, sometimes more than the actual PCs, they can usually do slight but a good damage or have some other utility factors they can bring in as well. Uh, so it's just really one of those ones. Everybody has their own piece, but uh, just kind of finding that balance for your team and kind of how they've optimized them and what they've done. As we mentioned, there's a ton of customization options, which is really cool for building something cool and unique but can also lately to optimization, some pretty uh, munchkin type companions that can super support their PC. With any of the content out there, uh, you know, as a DM, always always feel okay with saying no to it. Uh, you know, if it, it's your game and, and you wanna be able to present uh, the best game for your players. And, and if, if the companions are gonna be a, a hindrance to that, you know, say no. But that being said, uh, they are a great piece to the, to the system. 
And, uh, you know, if you want to use them, just be aware of, of how you bring that in. Uh, Tegan, so in our hunted campaign, it's actually an amazing example for this episode. Uh, we have a player, uh, Isolith, that has uh, Kirk the Rancor companion as part of their uh, archetype, their class. Uh, but then you also have a companion in the group, Elias, I mentioned, the Nautilin uh, Padawan. And she is, uh, she's not really a traditional companion, right? That's right. So I wanted the group to get a Padawan, but I didn't want to kind of stick it with just one PC. Uh, so make them lose their bonus actions or things like that. Uh, so I still uh, had her built like a regular Padawan. I think Keith actually did the building for it, or regular, not a regular Padawan, a regular companion. Uh, so uh, Keith built that up. I put her a couple of levels lower than the party. So I wanted to have a companion for the group, uh, especially with them just kind of going through the force, uh, kind of a more force experience on Yavin and working with uh, the Jedi Enclave there. I thought it'd be cool to have their own Padawan that could kind of help out, uh, but not overshadow the party. Uh, and I thought the companion rules were great for that and just put her a couple levels back so she could still be useful, but not overshadow and still can kind of hang around with the party and explore the galaxy. Yeah. And it, you know, I think the biggest thing, as you said, is it was, it was definitely a story point. It was, there was a narrative purpose to her joining and, you know, that was fun. And then Instead of as is the traditional companion rules run, as one player would be managing that, uh, Elias is basically a group management. Uh, we, we most of them, and and I think we we definitely abused uh, abused the uh, GM relationship there and in, in getting information <laughs> out of her. You know, if, if we were drawing a blank, we just said, "Hey, Elias, what do you think about that?" So that was always fun. Um, but yeah, you know, I think that's a great way to utilize them as well. Uh, use the companion rules, but make it just an add-in to the party. And so then a player doesn't necessarily lose that stuff. Um, you know, keep in mind all that those balance issues, things like that. Definitely. My only thing I would say with that, too, is if you do so... Uh... If run the uh, the NPC or the companion like for the RP side, but have one of your players run it for the combat. Uh, I always hate having to run a party member for combat because you have to you're playing against yourself at that point. So it, I always find it easier just to have somebody else run them, so I don't have to kind of like oh I should do this or this would be the most optimal thing because I know from my GM side. So it's just easier to kind of uh, pound that off to one of the party members and that way they get to play two PCs during a fight. And for some, that's a lot of fun too. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. We, you know, we, we, we definitely, you know, what we took advantage was the RP pieces of it, but uh, yeah, it, it, when it came to combat, uh, we were certainly handling that ourselves and a multiple of us taking turns with that. So just trying to fit in where, where that does with the strategy. So uh, definitely a good way to use that. Anything else on companions, Tegan, uh, maybe, you know, for those that want to kind of build a cool class, or is there any anything that stands out to you in if you want to grab a companion and, and what to keep in mind? Oh, definitely. So I'll go with kind of the, the humans and the beast. I haven't looked to the, the, the other ones as much because I built a human PC that used a companion. I built a beast one or a, a sentinel path of witchcraft that used one. You can get pretty crazy with it. Like I, uh, uh, with, uh, the, I had a play by post for the sentinel path of witchcraft uh, and I built a, um, it's one of the flying creatures from Onderon, and I am 
blanking on the name. Uh, but I built one of those. I was able to make it large so I could mount it. I was able to give it a fly speed. Uh, gave it uh, the, what's it? A, I can't remember if I gave it, oh, I gave it a fighting style too and had it take the, what's it called? The formation fighting style to be able to guard me. Uh, you could really just go all in and just really customize out something that could really support you, give you some crazy uh, features that you can do to kind of either control the battlefield or support your PC as they're going. Uh, and especially for some of the count counselor or kind of casting classes, counselor engineer, uh, for the maybe a little bit squishier, uh, if your DM allows the feet picking up that feet making something that's just a block of hit points and uh either having them just take that guard action automatically or picking up the formation guard action can be great especially if you're concentrating on something that way they can kind of jump in and take those hits for you and make sure your power goes uh kind of uninterrupted yeah that's a great great suggestion there and how to utilize them and, and bring them in and get get some extra out of uh out of your own class and the nice thing too, and uh, I forgot, I looked it up just to make sure it was on the, the free list. Guard action is a free act, or not a free action. So the guard action can be used with your companion without you using your bonus action. Uh, so if you have a, a PC, you want to make sure you can use that bonus action, but I uh, want to have that big uh, bag of HP still following you around. They can guard you without you having to waste the bonus action too. So uh, definitely something to keep in mind with it. Fantastic. All right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps us up for companions. Uh, there's, you know, lots and lots of stuff involved here when you build one. You know, it, it definitely would have been longer than a f one episode to go through everything with the, especially the types. So, uh, go through, go find those companion options out there. Read through the different types and see what they offer. That's where you're going to get the, you know, true differentiation between each one. So humanoids versus droids versus turrets, etc. Uh, the features that each one has is going to be be where they differentiate and bring something different. So if you're going to go for the feet, the companion keeper, uh, you know, that's what you want to look into to, to see which one's going to fit what you're going for, um, as opposed to just saying, I, I know I want a humanoid or I know I want a beast, you know, maybe those features have something specific to each. So. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this conversation on companions. Uh, let us know uh, the builds that you've used with companions, how the, how you fit those into your campaign, your party, etc., uh, for this unique piece of the Star Wars 5e system. Next episode, uh, in a couple weeks, we are going to dive into Starships of the Galaxy. Uh, I think this is a long-awaited topic. I think it's kind of gotten to a point where uh, it's rounded out well enough that we can um, bring that discussion back up and, and talk about the, the latest version of that. Uh, we've ran a few things ourselves, uh, Tegan, you and I, and uh, I think we have a good grasp of that. And uh, so we're going to go probably two episodes with that, uh, probably touch on player side, DM side, and different things like that, and uh, start going over that aspect. Because, of course, Star Wars, you got to have starships, and uh, we'll dive into to how we use that. Yeah, there's going to be a lot to talk about with that. I know this is um, for definitely the main sub, and even within the, the DGM uh, Discord as well, there's questions about it. It's kind of one of the most unique features, I think, of Star Wars 5e, so it'll be fun to kind of dive into that and just really show how the new update plays and how you can really bring it into your game. For sure. And with that, uh, I think that wraps us up for today's episode. Uh, again, check us out, DungeonJediMasters.com. Uh, thank you so very much to all of our listeners, followers, and subscribers. Appreciate it very much. And we'll see you next time. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you. <laughs>